Everybody, welcome back to Kill Meat and Friends. With me right now is one of the great friends of the show. Uh, Dr. Oz is here. Uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz. And first off, thank you. Showing up at my book party with Evander Holyfield and Willie Robertson. That's a pretty eclectic group. I came for the alcohol. <laughs> you did not. You had one <laughs> glass of wine. That was it. I actually came to take pictures of your kids drinking wine. Right. Which I was throwing the which, post. What is with that? You actually gave them wine, and I had these pictures <laughs> in my phone. Well, I, I did actually have them drink the wine. I wanted you to feel guilty that you weren't right next to them, protecting them at every moment. Right, actually, which actually is uh, not a bad way of segueing into a big issue in America now with uh, the ter- terrorist attacks over the weekend. Yeah, so this happens, and I watched the Rawls with his daughter who's in college and she's in the soccer stadium and there's an explosion thankfully it happened outside and I'm watching her and first she sees her dad and it's the first time they see each other and she smiled and they hug yeah. which obviously they both know they're okay and then the longer they hug she breaks down because I watched it all Sunday and then I watched it again Monday and they really played along and as if okay you're 21 but still wait a second it's my dad and oh my goodness I almost died and my dad is here to help me what can you explain to me from the from the medical approach what I'm seeing emotionally? Well, we forget how influential our parents are in our lives, especially when we're parents and our kids are happily ignoring us, just like we were being ignored. And I think it's a natural process when separation starts and kids want to be their own person that they are harshly rebuking any advice you give. But there's an iconic need of all parents to protect their children. And that extends to when you have events like this, whether you're actually running over to rescue your child or, re, uh, or if you're just dealing with the fact that there's incoming information that can really traumatize them. So just a bit of advice as a physician. First off, under the age of five, I don't think we should be talking to our kids about this. At all. No. Shelter them. Don't let them see the news. There's there's the difficult time that kids younger than five have in telling fact from fiction. That's why we tell them fairy tales. So this could really scar them in a meaningful way because they don't have any control over it. They can see the anxiety in you. As kids get older, obviously, they're hearing the news at school, right? When you're, by the time they're five, six, seven, they're going to school and hearing about it from friends. You want to control that conversation, which you can't stop from happening, so you got to actually get ahead of it and tell them what you think is happening and what you think they should do. And that has a couple roles. First off, you got to make sure they don't think they're silly for being scared, because they sh- they're not silly. you got to mm-hmm. validate them for whatever emotions they're feeling. This is way away from them. They don't know how to control it. They think it's coming for them. They think the world they're inheriting is not as good as the one we got. At the same time, you can give them comfort and confidence that there's some really smart people and some strong people out there trying to protect us. And the odds of them being hurt or someone they care about being injured is remote. Therefore, they got to live their lives. And in that more peaceful, healing environment, they can process what's happening without the kinds of long-term emotional damage. So it was very interesting because, you know, we're, seeing, we're heard across the country, just like your show and the sound, the seventh season, you don't know who's watching at what time. You just think of yourself as a national audience. We have some people here, especially in Orlando, with iconic structures like Disney. So I want to go to Disney. I want to have a great time. But you also know it's a terror target, to be totally candid. Yeah. You know that, that is the, that's the holy grail for them to hit the Statue of Liberty or hit the Empire State Building or hit what was once the Twin Towers. So you cannot pretend and lie to your kids and say there's no way this is ever going to happen to you because you could lose total credibility, correct? Yeah, but also it's not right. You always want to tell the truth. The truth is it's unlikely that they'll be hurt, but there's a possibility, which takes you to a bigger discussion. We have almost a patriotic obligation to live our lives as Americans the way we should live them, to go to Disney World, to visit the Tower of Statue of Liberty, to, to do the things that as Americans we should not be intimidated away from doing. That's the that definition of 
who we are. We've always looked up, and that's why we're here. We right, we didn't like what was yeah. going on at home. We left and came over here. And so we're seeing other countries recognize that fundamental importance. That's what a, nas- a nation does. When, when this, the French crowds that were mourning their lost brethren started spontaneously breaking out in their national anthem, we all get goosebumps because as Americans, we would want to do the same if we were hurt. And we did happen here right. uh, after past terrorist attacks. So we don't want to be intimidated from being who we are. But be eyes open. Be vigilant. Do vigils work? We saw the vigils in Manhattan at Lafayette Square because of the famous uh, 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 Lafayette and the role he played in our revolution. When we see these things, and they say it's a day of healing, it's almost become rhetoric, but does it work? Absolutely works. What has always allowed our species to survive was a social safety net we build beneath us. Literally, people in our lives, because we're all def- the people in our lives define us, Brian. The reason I came to your book party was because I like you. And I, my experiences with you have changed me in a good way, by the way, not, not the scoring so, way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you want that. We seek that in each other. And when we can be intimate, look in each other's eyes, as, you know, as parents can do to kids, and realize that you matter to each other or an individual with people around you, you don't even know what's feeling the same pain as you, you connect. And the hormones released, the oxytocin, progesterone, these hormones are important for us. They're bonding hormones that allows our species to stay close to each other in times of of terror, in times of pain, which is what we're experiencing now. Tell me about this National Day of Conversation. 60 Minutes had this story about meth, uh, excuse me, meth, about... uh about heroin, and it was something that's not new to me because my school, which is a middle-class school, high school, has become what they call heroin you because people were praying, these kids, these drug dealers, were preying on a group of people that they perceived to have money. You get them once, you get them hooked, and you got yourself a customer for life. But this is now everyone's realizing the danger of heroin. What are you doing? National Day of Conversation, right? Two numbers first before I get to the conversation. Uh, Three-quarters of all narcotics in the world are being consumed by Americans. We're 5% of the population, and one in three families affected. The number one cause of death in America, accidental death in people under 50, is addiction. So what are you going to do about it? We're going to have a National Day of Conversation Thursday. The 19th, the week before Thanksgiving, and I want everyone to post an empty plate symbolizing that the dinner is not about the meal but about the conversation. And here's who wants it. The White House, right? Federal government, state governments, religious leaders, medical societies, the biggest, celebrities. Everybody wants it to happen because we realize the anti-drug is the parent. That's who can get to these kids because 90% of addiction starts in teen years. And although the typical addict these days is someone who got Vicodin or OxyContin from their doctor for back pain, the, the basic belief is you can't get through life without a substance. That's the fundamental war we're chasing. So if you're struggling over how to make sense of what happened in Paris or just the fact that you're not liked in school and you have you know, pimples, if you are a, being asked by your parents simple questions like, how are you coping? How are your friends coping? How are your friends coping by using drugs or any other substance? Just don't accuse, just open plate conversation. You'll find we will save lives because people will start to talk honestly about this. And if nothing else, we should warn our kids mm-hmm. that it's a slippery slope to use any chemical, to use anything outside of you to deal with stress. Stress is part of life. It's not fun. It's not good. But that's what I'm here for. And you know it tears apart the best families and the worst families. You think, well, that's uh, that's something that's not, you know, the broken family is susceptible, the, the locked, uh, the... A uh, latchkey kid who's home alone, he does. That's just not the case. No. And one thing you guys have to do in the medical community, you have to find a way to have affordable rehab. Because these peop- these these insurance companies, they kick you out after 10 days because whether they cost too much or it doesn't make any sense, they throw them right back to the family yep. who have to find a way to piece it all together. No one gets better in 10 days. No. And Well, let's just talk about this because there's some interesting insights here. First off, there are recovery high schools now. 
Literally, I just wrote a piece for the Houston Chronicle about this. Really? Uh, these are wonderful facilities where kids don't go back to the place they came from because you, for guarantee every trigger that they need is right there. The same bullies, the same class Absolutely. problems, the same drug sources. So they turn back within days. These recovery schools are incredibly effective, and more and more states now are, pay, are getting them. And these are really inexpensive ways for long-term support. But if I go to a recovery school, am I not going to get into a college? No, 93% admissions rate to college, better than the average school. Believe it or not, drug addicts are pretty smart people because they were so worried about life thinking about it, they got on drugs. They, they may not make wise decisions, but they're intelligent people. And once they're back on the bandwagon, recovery is real. We have over 20 million Americans who are in recovery. These work. Back to your one question about rehab. Narcotics rehab is not like alcoholism rehab. Alcoholics take a long time in rehab, sort of eating disorders, et cetera. Drug rehab often medic for and narcotics is often better done with methadone or with some alternative pill, but not done in a facility where you're away. And the major medical societies that deal with addiction have been part of this movement for, with us. It's becoming clearer to us that might be a more effective way to help these people. And Dr. Oz, what, do we, what can we expect as we lead up to Thanksgiving on your show? Well, I got a big show this week on what the, the, the biggest battle all families wage. Is it a frozen turkey or a fresh turkey? <laughs> and is it stuffing on the inside or wow. not? The big issues that hold back families from living the good life. You are not skating past controversy, Dr. Oz. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Seven seasons, you're loving every day. And every every subject, to me, you are more into even than your audience. And that that's really why you're successful. Well, I'm a passionate person. That's been the way. I, I have plenty of flaws. That's one of my attributes. One of my few attributes, according to my wife. And I like your outfit. You're getting scrubs every day. It's kind of <laughs> cool. Hey, Dr. Oz, thanks so much. Thanks. Good luck with the book. Hey, thank you. Kill me to friends.